Welcome, everybody, to Second Star to the Right, a Neverland adventure where five uh, random folks from this world and beyond are drawn to the island of Neverland and a race against time to recover a fallen star. Uh, I'm so excited to have you guys here. I'm Andrew. I'm one of the co-creators and uh, players on the stream. Super excited to be diving back into the world and legend and lore of the island as we begin to really dig in and explore. Um, it's going to be an awesome time. Before we start, I, of course, have to give a big thank you to the platinum sponsor, the title sponsor for Second Star to the Right, and that is Demiplane. Um, I was to say about Demiplane, there's so much you can say because they are fantastic people. They have a fantastic product and they are nerds like us and they're so awesome to work with. If you are looking for a D&D game or a Pathfinder game or a vampire game or literally just about any game, you can go to Demiplane.com and they have just a fantastic matchmaking system to match you up with people who love to play the same way you do. You take a quiz that rates how you feel about combat and puzzles and RP and, and whatever and match you up with people who enjoy playing the game the same way you do. You can find your party at Demiplane.com, and they have great tools for remote gaming. So you can do video chat, uh, which legit, the quality on their video chat is fantastic. Um, video chat, audio chat, they have shared uh, journals. You can keep track of all of your inventory and quests and everything on there. Um, the tools literally are endless. They are so fantastic, and they are updating things constantly. I got an email just the other day about a whole slew of new updates. They just dropped. So if you're looking to play a game, if you are a DM looking to run a game, Go to Demiplane.com, check them out, follow their socials at Demiplane RPG, and of course, check out their own streaming show on Tuesday evenings, Heroes of the Plains with Adam Bradford, Todd Kenrick, and the whole crew at uh, twitch.tv slash Demiplane RPG. They're fantastic. Thank you to them for supporting us so we can bring you guys great content. And speaking of support, did you know that you can support the show? Because you can at patreon.com slash second star show. And when you support the show, you get all sorts of great things. You get access to Beyond Neverland, which is our after show, which occurs after the show where we talk about the show and we get behind the scenes information. You know, you can we can answer uh, your questions. Um, it's a really great time. So you get access to that. You get early access to the podcast version of the show. If you, uh, depending on what level you support at, you get Joe's DM notes, which are um, very difficult. I'm the one that edits them. And as a player, I have to like have to like cover my eyes as I'm doing it. But uh, but it's worth it because his notes are fantastic. So you get insight into that. You get Shifra's adventure journal written by Desiree in character as Shifra, giving you uh, some clues and insight into her Druid's adventures in Neverland. And uh, if you pledge at a certain level, you even can unlock the opportunity to play in a Neverland one shot with Joe and some members of our cast. And uh, yeah, it's great. And we have a fun discord. You can join too. big shout out to one of our new patrons, Maggie. I think she's in chat. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, it's people like you who help uh really boost our spirits that people love and enjoy this enough to come and hang out with us and have a good time so thank you to everyone on patreon everyone on discord and you can join them patreon.com slash second star show and i want to shout out one more final thing um if you guys uh listened to the podcast version or you're watching live today you might notice that during the game we're gonna have music in the background we've been working on this for a little bit wanted to make sure that we really got uh, a good a good vibe, good mix, that everything went well. And so I want to shout out a really fantastic resource that I found to provide the music. And it's called Serpent Sound Studios. Google them. Uh, this uh, composer out in Norway composes fantastic fantasy music. And if you support their Patreon, then you can use that music license-free in anything, on your stream, in your game, 
um, on your YouTube videos, whatever. It's a fantastic thing. It's like 10 bucks a month. And we're super excited to have really cool music to share with you guys while we play. So search or go to serpentsoundstudios.com if you want to check out their work and support them. And with that, I will throw it to Joe for the rest of our sponsor shout outs. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. I want to give a quick shout out to some of our gold sponsors of the show. Uh, first being Laser Wolf Attack from the creative mind of Andrew McLean. You've got the best top of the line nerdy apparel. I'm such a big nerd of Andrew McLean myself. I'm currently sporting my matching headlopper shirt to my matching headlopper poster that's on the wall behind me. Andrew McLean is a comic book creator. Uh, Headlopper is his headliner comic. Uh, Volume 4 is available for pre-order on their website, Laser Wolf Attack. Uh, Awesome apparel by Andrew McLean as well as available there. Use our code at checkout, Second Star, to get 15% off your next order and score some sweet, nerdy loot for yourself. Also, a huge shout-out to our second gold sponsor, Black Oak Workshop the maker of some of the best dice on the market. Um, we always talk about how we love rolling their dice. They're a little larger than a normal set of dice. They feel really great in the hand. They have several different themes from uh, Dungeons and Dragons theme to space theme to you know, skulls, fairies, friggin' everything you think of, they've got it there. They've got dice bags as well, their signature adventure calendars and Through the generosity of the team over at Black Oak Workshop, we're doing another giveaway during tonight's session. We've got this handy-dandy dice bag and these handy-dandy dice that will be going to a lucky one of our viewers tonight. Keep an eye out for the details when we get to our intermission on how you can win some awesome dice from Black Oak Workshop. Thank you. Also, a quick shout-out to one of our silver sponsors, First Aid Comics. Last week, we did a a giveaway on our social media, and this week, we're doing another giveaway sponsored by First Aid Comics. One of these icons of the realm, WizKids Boneyard Skeletal Orc promo sets will be given away on our social media account, so follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, so you can get those details. Joe, 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 Joe. You said we're doing a giveaway from who? From First Aid Comics. And and, and what what is the item that we're giving away? We're giving away this handy dandy WizKids promo set of WizKids. I feel like I know somebody that works at WizKids and just got a new job at WizKids that we should really congratulate and who also just had a birthday. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So so for those of you who don't know, our very own DM Joe Nuzo was just hired Mm -hmm. by the crew over at WizKids, not a sponsor of this show yet, uh, and celebrated her birthday this week. So I I feel like we can't start the show without shouting out Joe and him obtaining a dream job and celebrating a birthday. Um, we're all going to get TPK this week, but that's fine because <laughs> Joe has had a hell of a week. So, you know, congrats hey, to him and uh, everyone. many happy returns. That's, that's too kind. I appreciate it, guys. And I am super stoked for tonight's session. I hope everyone's ready for a base full of Neverland action. And I think without further ado, everyone, please join us on another adventure into Neverland.
Last session, our adventuring party made a quick trip to the Elfine, the land of the fairies where Queen Mab rules over all. We took a quick trip to an old vault of an even older Draco Lich to recover the star shell. The star shell is a sort of uh, softball-sized walnut made of iron that has the ability to house the broken fragments of the fallen star safely so that it may be taken, presumably back to Queen Mab, where it can be used for good and kept out of the hands of evil. The group getting a boost of confidence and morale with a new ally in Queen Mab, the item they need to collect the star, step back out onto the island of Neverland, leaving Mab and the Elfine behind. Only a mere few minutes passed from when the party left Neverland to when they returned. The night sky still sparkling overhead with stardust glittering from the broken fragments. As we look on our current map of the island of Neverland, we know that there are five fallen star fragments that have shattered and spread across the island. Some pieces land in areas where the group has not ventured. Some pieces have land where we've been before. Our next steps are clear. All five pieces must be recovered before any other evil hands, like the Red Wizards of Thay, can get to them first. You all stand on top of the hill under the night sky. The hour is now 9 o'clock p.m., day one, week one, on the island of Neverland. You have a good view on top of the hill here, jetting just over the canopy of the jungle. We can see around us a river cutting through the center of the island to the west. We see more jungle to the east, ocean past that. To the south of us, golden sandy shores where the party has explored before. Directly north, the thickest areas of the Neverland jungle with a mountain jutting out from behind it. It's time to venture down from this hill and begin exploring the island you are all sort of marooned on. We also have an option, if the group needs, to take a rest. I think last session might have softened up a few of our players, and you feel calm, at peace, and safe up here on Mab's Fairy Hill. Mm. It could also be a good time to discuss a game plan. Where do we want to go first? Do we want to travel to unexplored lands within the island to recover a star close by? Or play it maybe a little safe and walk where we've stepped before? Party, what do we think? A question. Do yes. we still have 22 temporary hit points? You do. Wow. Okay, cool. You're going to want those, I promise. Some of us have less than 22 <laughs> real hit points. Hey, not all of us were trying to impress, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> and and probably as, as we come through, like, Talith is still clutching, like, the, the star sphere or whatever that we got from the dragon's mouth. He's just kind of like, <sighs> like, breathing really heavily. Blood is running down his face. He's pretty beat up. Just like, hey, we did it, guys. <laughs> we, we got the thing. And then he just kind of, like, 
collapses on the ground, like on its butt, just like. You need to take a nap. Nap, nap, nap to good. Can we, can we do that? Can we nap? I mean, Absolutely. are we going to be killed in our sleep by a red wizard or can we nap <laughs> for like eight hours? Queen, Queen Mab wouldn't let us get killed by a red wizard and I'm already like kind of like prone or like a safety uh, pose curling up around well, the sphere. I guess we're, um, I guess we're just gonna, I guess we're gonna take a risk because clearly Talc is out of sorts. So, um, I guess I'll take first watch if people want to just get a little respite. Okay. Um, Shifra is, I'm looking around frantically because what just happened was I flew up in the sky and <laughs> I tackled a red wizard and I fell and then pixies took me and then I came back and no time passed. So I'm looking around frantically to see what happened to this red wizard. What's going on? From what we recall of past events, Shifra engaged the red wizard mid-flight, crashed onto the island just north of the hill where she was recovered by Mab's pixies. Of course, entering the elf island and coming back, we don't quite know what happened to the red wizard. Was he killed from the fall? Uh, was he still conscious? Did he recover himself? Maybe he was recovered by the creatures of, 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 the, of the island. Who knows? We could investigate the crash site if the group wants to know. Crash site was just north of our location now. Okay, but I can like see where I crashed. Um, you don't see like the exact spot. Like it, it's just north, uh, maybe northwest, because you like went through the trees and hit the ground. So it's hard to tell exactly where you landed, but it's probably, you know, frankly, like a hex north. Okay, and for, but from up here, I can't really see anything about where he might have gone or what might have happened to him. Unfortunately, you cannot see. Okay. Well, mm. I think it's best we rest. Uh, I don't, we don't know anything about this island and I don't want to traipse around it all night long in the dark. But yeah, I, I don't know where the red wizard is. We'll keep an eye out just in case. Um. Dante, I'll, I'll take second watch if you want to wake me up in a bit. Yeah, I'm, I got you. I'll take third. I'll take fourth. Tell us you really need sleep. Tell mm. sleep the whole night. Just let yeah, him go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so go ahead and make sure you note a full rest on your character sheets as we will rest for eight hours, which will bring us to what, 5 a.m. on day two? Um, and during this long rest, uh, you know, between everyone taking turns on watch, taking turns sleeping, I think this would be a good time to discuss our plan for leaving the hill, uh, adventuring into the island to our first Starfall location. On the map, of course, we see the yellow dots noting the five hexes of the island where fragments of the fallen star have landed. What I vote for the crabs because we already know that they just want to dance. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, the, yeah. the crabs seem friendly. Yeah. 
um, I think since we know the crabs are friendly, it's easy to kind of get to. Um, I'm thinking, I don't know how everyone wants to, it sounds like people want to go towards the crabs. I was just thinking it might be better to go towards things that are the unknown. So later on, if we're feeling a little bit tired, um, the rest of the parts are easy. That makes sense. I'm also a little concerned about getting over to the crabs, going through a particular area that what might put us somewhere else pretty quickly. Do you remember the... Oh, it's true. Well, sure. we did uh, try to travel through Hex 3 and were teleported by a hidden ward in the sand. Who knows what other magical traps might lurk on those beaches. Though we could, as a party, take an alternate route to the crabs, uh, an area we haven't been before, uh directly to the west. If you didn't want to backtrack all the way you came. I, I kind of like Dante's idea, actually, that, that, you know, there's a lot we don't know and we probably need to uncover and explore. And, uh, I mean, it, it's been, it's been a pretty, it's been a pretty chill island so far. I know I was kind of, I, y'all might've thought I was a little stressed, but, uh, you know, I'm actually fine. I feel pretty good about this island. Kahanit liked it here. Queen Mab liked it here. So it's probably a really great place. And, uh, and, and yeah, I think we should go explore now that I think about it. I think you were stressed. I think you still are. You slept the whole night. We all made sure that you had plenty of rest. Well, yeah, rest is important. We all need rest. So, uh, I mean, thank you for for letting me rest. But, uh, but I, I think we're I think we're good to go, right? Let's go. I'm, I'm ready to go. Everyone, make a quick survival check for me. Seven. Sixteen. 16. 13. 13. 8. Uh, a 20 martini. Dirty, that is. <laughs> and Helen? Uh, 8. eight. No, wait, 7? No, 7. Um, Dante, um, you of course know that traveling out in unknown lands can be dangerous, and you always want to be prepared as much as you can. Um, as you look all the way to the north, towards the top of that, you know, single kind of slender spire that pierces the clouds, we watched a star fall, crash into the mountainside, and presumably fall into the interior of that spire. Um, judging from the group's capabilities right now and, and the lack of gear we have, you would know that you would need some ability to scale mountains in order to get to that starfall location. And as of right now, the group isn't really prepared for that sort of venture. Dante, as you look kind of to your east and west, where we have two starfall locations uh, parallel to each other on like that, you know, hex grid there, you notice the one all the way to the east fell in the water. So it might be a little difficult to see what is going on with the star or even access it, though it is on the closer side if we want to at least get a, a sort of heads up on what might be in that area. As you sort of look to the opposite direction to the west, a star fell there in a sort of beach side. Um, the group hasn't been there before. You don't know the conditions of the beach if it's more sand, more jungle, if it's a you know cliff face or whatnot, uh, but that's not too far out of reach as well. 
The star that fell directly to the west of the group fell in one of the most dense part of the jungles. Um, you would probably know that it would take some considerable time to safely navigate and search that, um, that jungle area uh, in order to locate where exactly the star fell. And then of course the fifth star fell on the beach where we've been before. The group is rather familiar with that. Um, and as a quick follow-up, Dante, make a perception check. Six. Very good. That's the information you have. Um, okay. Actually, maybe I was out of sorts. Um, looks like two of the stars we probably don't have the capabilities yet uh, between me and Genevieve and Helen to get to those things. Um, so it might be best if we just head uh, come true, true west from here. Um, maybe try and get that one. It'd be easy to double back. Grab the one that we uh, saw around the friendly dancing crabs. I guess it was friendly, and then maybe uh, do the one that's north of there. Maybe get three quick ones. See what we have at it, and go from there. Uh, what What do the rest of you think? I trust you. Uh, Genevieve, what do you think? That's a good plan. I agree, actually. So far, everything that you've said has seemed very reasonable, and I, uh, she looks down at her feet and her shoes, which are absolutely not made for this type of terrain. Um, uh, I don't mind going back to the beach first, personally. I see. So we want to head directly west? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whichever way avoids the teleportation device. That is directly west. Very good. Um, as you all finish your rest, the sun starts to rise over the Neverland horizon as 5 a.m. day two of our official journey on the island begins. It takes about an hour to safely walk down the steep hill of Queen Mab's uh, presence here on the island. Uh, if you recall, you will eventually meet with an iron gate-like bordered fence um, all around the hill that serves as a sort of barrier between the fairy hill and the island proper. Um, I think we could safely find the hole that Helen forced open with sheer strength to safely pass through once more. Uh, unless we want to take a, a different approach. No, I would probably just go back the way I came. Excellent. Yeah, once the party seems to be going in a certain direction, I'll just kind of like get out ahead, you know, kind of kind of speed walk in, like power walk in, um, keeping a very perceptive eye out. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to lead the group forward. Is anyone questioning Talith's lead? No, no. not just questioning. just amused by it, but not <laughs> questioning. Keeping an eye on. <laughs> Very good. I feel the confidence of the team at my back. I'm bolstered by their support. 
and uh, I go forward boldly knowing that they trust me implicitly. As you all cross the threshold from the comfortable, warm, charming hill of the fairies, you re-enter the jungle proper of Neverland. Another, like, probably half hour passes to finish your journey through this area as you enter the next hex of the island. Here, a river flows between steep jungle cliffs, and as you journey, probably another half hour, now reaching 6 a.m. into this hex, notice a sturdy rope bridge that stretches across the river. As you all sort of like emerge from the tree line, standing on the heightened cliff, looking down at the fast moving water, a single rope bridge spanning your path to the opposite side of the river, you all start to hear a sort of eerie but familiar chime on the wind as leaves rustle, uh, trees sway, water splashes, as the entire island begins to sing the song of chimes and bells and whistles. Um, if you recall, this phenomenon is what caused the crabs to dance uh, in our previous journey through the beginnings of Neverland. And now this magical wave across the island draws your focus to the river, cutting through the jungle proper. There you see something splash up from the water, a bunch of seaweed, a bunch of kelp that sort of like morphs and forms into this beautiful horse with a horn protruding from its forehead. You would imagine this would be a unicorn made from seaweed and kelp from the flowing water. This unicorn prances, dances, and gallops across the water's surface in rhythm with the chiming and bells singing through the leaves of the jungle. As you would think to react or say something, this moment passes, the leaves die down, the wind becomes still, the chiming solidifies, and the kelp unicorn disperses back into the water, and then the sounds of the jungle fill your senses once more. Did you, did, did you see? Was that a horse? Right? It looked like a horse, right? Yeah, yes. Was it dancing? Why do things dance here? Why not? Dancing what else would you do besides dance? Fair, fair, but where did it go? Dante, did you, did you, did, did, did you see the, 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 the Kelpicorn? I mean, I did, but I got lost in the rhythm myself, so I, I did not see? know what happened. What else are you going to do? You have to dance. And it's kind of weird, though, that like it, it just rings and everything has to dance. Like, what if you don't want to dance? I mean, you don't you have to dance. dance. I did. Y'all didn't see me. I was, I was cutting. Well, I guess cutting planks because there's no rug here. <laughs> Weird. I don't. I don't. Where? Where? Can I see where the unicorn thing disappeared? Yeah. So you're like, you know, you just walk out of the jungle. You're standing on top of the cliff that look overlooks the the water. It's probably a good, you know, eighty, a hundred foot drop to the actual river's surface. About 40, 50 yards south of you, there is this long rope bridge. And then just past that is the waterfall that drops into like the beachhead, right? 
the the kelp unicorn, kelpicorn, if you will, stopped galloping right underneath the rope bridge. Okay, okay. You described the music as like chimes, right? Yeah, uh, imagine, you know, uh, like wind chimes on a, a wooden porch of an old home. And, and as the wind passes across the porch, it chimes and rings. So there, it's, it's not like, does it sound like Pixies talking or is it different from that? Different from that. It's like actual okay. chimes and rings. Okay. Yeah. So can I, I, I would, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Okay, I will. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pick up a rock. I assume there's a rock around, right? So many. Um, and I would like to, we're, we're at like the, we've reached this bro bridge by now, correct? Uh, we are about 40 yards away from it actually, but if we want to head in that direction, we certainly can. Yeah. I'd like to pick up a reasonable sized rock. Reasonable like, for Helen or for a normal humanoid? For Helen. Understood. <laughs> so big. <laughs> so big. Yeah. Unreasonable for anyone else in the party. And, and once we get within range, I'd like to sort of just take a, that rock and yeet it onto the bridge to see if it supports the weight, if anything strange happens before we step foot on the bridge. Of course. Um, I imagine everyone's comfortable with heading towards the, the rope bridge then? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Great. Helen, leading the group with a large rock cradled in your hands, you all get to sort of the threshold from jungle to bridge. Uh, Helen, in your, your most formal, strong woman form, huck the rock onto the bridge. Shot See how strong it is. Um, it catches the weight pretty well and sort of like sways back and forth. And then one of like the wooden stepped planks cracks and breaks and the rock falls through it and then splashes into the water. Almost immediately as that happens, you hear a voice call out from behind the group from the tree line. Oh, goodness gracious, what have you done? We weren't done fixing the bridge. And as you look behind you, maybe some of you, you know, prepare a spell to cast or draw your weapon, uh, you see instead a group of small creatures. Uh, humanoid, yes, but rather small, standing in front of you. These long, pointed, tipped hats, uh, very um, uh, colorful clothes, um, um, overalls, aprons, tall leather boots, hair flowing from underneath their hats, and they're like frantically barking Helen at your feet. What have you done? Why did you do that? Who does that? We're, we're trying to fix the bridge and then you damage it more. I was testing the structural integrity before we walked across it, but better us than the rock. Yes, yes, of course, but we're not at the stage of construction yet. Is this, is this whole place under construction? Who Who's even planning this? Who's zoning this island? <laughs> we are! We're, we're the master craftsman. Structure. Sorry, Shifra, what were you saying? Yes, yes, no, you're the master craftsman that Kahanet wrote about. You must be. 
Yes, yes, many know us as the gnomes of Neverland, the masterwork builders. We keep the infrastructure intact, and you, as in, like the the leading gnome, like kind of pops up a little bit, pointing up at you, Helen, and you are ruining everything. I'm sorry. Ah, it's fine. Luckily, do you work with my... the spiders? The the adorable spiders we saw. Do you work with them? The spiders? Oh no! Oh. How could you work with such vile creatures? I'm so sorry. They looked like they followed any regulations that you might put in place. <laughs> regulations, sure. They're they're great builders and and great diggers, but they work with uh, the nefarious creatures of of the island. No, we don't we don't associate with the spiders. Oh, my apologies. What they... kinds of creatures did you say? You don't know? We're um new to the area. New to the area? <laughs> Goy, howdy, you've got a lot to catch up on. And uh, Genevieve, make an insight check. Okay, a 15. Uh, Genevieve, I think you would pick up on that these gnomes are, like, very quick to forget the conversations they're having and just move, like, to the next thing, whether it's, like, exciting or not. Their, like, tone and mannerisms have completely shifted from being mad at Helen for, like, wrecking part of the bridge to now talking about, like, this next thing about the spiders. Oh, new to the island! Yes, yes, you've got lots and lots to catch up on then. Yes, it's it's been an, a, a recent alliance. The spiders and the pirates, they've been working together. Not quite sure why, but they're looking for something. They're after something. The the pirates? What pirates? Pirates? <laughs> pirates? What pirates? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, you really are new here. Yes, of course, the pirates. They they make their home that large black wooden ship with the red sails and and they roam around the island and they build their little things where they're not supposed to build them and they dig for uh, in the areas where they're not supposed to dig and they cause trouble for us folks that don't want any trouble to be caused uh, uh, would you happen to know if these pirates might have been hired by someone hired by someone um no no i don't think so i mean they've been uh on the island well as long as we've been on the island but but they have a ship you said they have a ship oh yes a large boat uh, frankly between you and me and don't ever tell the pirates this but it's quite an impressive wooden structure <laughs> where where's uh where's the ship Oh, well, it's uh, directly west here. If you cross the bridge past the iron mines, uh, you'll find yourself at a sort of a natural lagooned bay. There you'll find the pirate ship dock. Yeah, fo follow-up question to that. Uh, how, how are we supposed to cross the bridge? Well, you were supposed to walk across it until you blew out the steps. But, um, you know, y'all seem like nice folks, and uh, newcomers to the island certainly deserve a pass here and there. So if you hang tight, 
me and my crew, we can fix the damage you just did to our beautiful bridge, and then you can walk across safe and sound. Oh, well, thank you so much. I mean, pretty sure I could already walk across the bridge because it was just one plank, but you do, you do your thing. I'll stand over there. Oh, we're gonna, and all of them just like take like hammers and nails out simultaneously in like a sort of single line fashion, start whistling as they like trudge along the bridge and start making repairs. Um, anything the group wants to talk about in this moment of like downtime while the gnomes are fixing the bridge? I thought the spiders were cool and now apparently the spiders are bad. I don't know what to believe anymore. I mean, it sounds like they just might be, you know, like work for hire. And I'm wondering if Thassa's Moldar has hired the pirates to find the star. And then the pirates hired the spiders because they're so good at digging. Well, and how do we know that they're even really like pirates? I mean, people say pirate, uh, but it's more like they really don't understand, you know, that some people have to uh, have to work privately to commandeer things, privateer, if you will. Uh, to make a living, and and I've, I've, it's kind of a pejorative term, and I'm not a big fan, and so, you know, a pirate, I mean... Now, I'm no wizard with social cues, but this sounds distinctly personal to you, Talith. Is there something you'd like to tell us? I don't know why you're making this about me. I did not throw a rock through the bridge. That's a good method of deflection. Yep, that's deflection right there. Yeah, what they said. If it makes you feel any better, Talith, I think that not everything is black and white, good and bad. There's a lot of truth to both sides. So I wouldn't be so quick to discount the spiders or the pirates. Right. Yesterday we thought the spiders were great. Now somebody's telling us the spiders are bad. Let's just let's keep an open mind. I don't think they used the word bad. I felt I like it was implied. Sort of miffed about the pirates. Well, I thought the spiders were cool is all I'm saying. And, you know, let's not judge anyone with a big cool. ship, you know, without the knowing. Most of us also thought they were cool. There's, I mean, I didn't, but I, they can still be cool with you. <laughs> I'm just saying they have a big ship. A ship is a great way to get not where you are. So let's just, you know, let's keep an open mind that maybe the pirates might be more helpful than we uh, than we expect. Got it. Very good. And as your conversation sort of comes to a close, you hear, all done, come from the center of the bridge where the gnomes were working. Um, they sort of trudge back across to where you're standing and uh, engage you in conversation once more. Well, that ought to do it. You should be able to walk across the bridge safe and sound. Thank you so much. And I'll do like an extremely deep bow so that I actually like lower my head below their, their height. Such a kind jester. Uh, you know, I've got a good feeling about you lot. I'll, I'll tell you what, if you're ever looking for a place to lie low, maybe find a good bed to sleep in and get some, some good food in you, you can pay a visit to the Gnome Village just north of here, or should I say north of the hill you just walked down from. Uh, keep a lookout for a large mushroom with a red cap and white spots. That's our welcoming center, and you can get all the information you need on the gnome village there. That sounds wonderful. Wonderful indeed. Well, good luck to you. We've got other bridges to fix, and they sort of just trudge right past you, head northbound up the river. 
will start walking across the bridge. Everyone join. Yeah, I will follow. Yep. I'm gonna wait till not everybody's on the bridge to cross the bridge. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> sure. Yeah, Helen, you pace out the group as everyone gets across. Uh, Helen, you lag behind just a bit, but manage to get safely across yourself. Although the bridge is like a little wobbly from side to side, it is a, a very solid structure, very safe. And the only way it could break if an, is if an oversized boulder gets forcefully thrown onto it. The gnomes are surely master craft workers and, uh, um, um, you know, top of their trade. You all make it across the bridge safe and sound with, it sounds like, some new friends. Uh, maybe we'll take a visit to the old gnome village sometime. While we were while we were on the bridge, could we see past the edge of the waterfall? Like, did it give us a view of anything kind of beyond the river we were crossing? Sure, yeah. From the center of the bridge, you can see where the water, like, you know, cascades over the cliffside and empties out onto the beach. Um, from there, honestly, you have like a great kind of like framed view of the ocean around the island. Maybe like the tips of sand where water meets beach, um, but not a lot of detail on like that first like sandy belt because you're uh, up a little too high and a little too far back for that. Gotcha. Um, Calif, is there anything like in particular you were trying to spot out? No, just, uh, you know, anytime we've had an elevated position, I'm, I'm trying to kind of get a, a crow's nest view of, of wherever we happen to be. So anything to help me kind of get the lay of the land. Sure. Uh, I would say you would also then looking north, following the river, cutting through the island, you notice that it actually drops down in elevation and the water gets rather shallow north of the rope bridge you're standing on. Um, probably a lot easier to cross on foot. Cool. Very good. You all cross the bridge then without any issue, and we roll over to 7 a.m. as we trudge through the last hour of this hex. Um, you start to get into some real dense jungle territory. Trees are right up against each other, over brush flowing over the roots of trees, tall grass, colorful flowers, vines hanging down, sun blocked from above you, though you still feel like the heat, humidity, and hear the sounds of the jungle all around you. Um, adventurers, please make a perception check. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. 10. 11. Also uh, 11. <laughs> natural 20. I don't know what's going on. Oh, Dante, yeah. my guy. <laughs> Dante, as the group is trudging through the jungle, still sort of like in your survival sense from before, trying to make sure we're aware of as much information and potential danger as possible, you notice something a little out of place, Dante, on the jungle floor. There's a wicker basket that's overturned and it's quite large. Like you, you think you could wrap like both your hands around it to carry it, you know? Um, and it's, you know, like a, a man-made object that someone clearly left here or forgot here. So there's a man-made object? A wicker basket, yeah. Wicker, okay. Um, it's overturned. 
I'm gonna get my cane and kind of uh, finagle the basket over with it. Um, just be like, um, I think someone might have left something back. Um, what what do I see when I kind of move it? Sure. Yeah, as you sort of like slowly lift it up, trying to uh, uh, get a visual of what's underneath, you see that there's some sort of like cache of supplies here. Um, you don't sense any danger, so you lift it a little higher and you can clearly see some abandoned fishing supplies. What looks like a fishing rod with um, some like tackle or bait, uh, a bit of extra line and like a lobster crab cage as well all in pretty good condition. Dante, you would also notice that there's a rolled up piece of paper inside the crab cage, like a parchment, like almost a page from a book. All right, I will give the stuff over to Talith, and um, I'll, I'll look at the paper though. I'm gonna get the paper. Um, Figured since Talith is always a little bit jumpy, having something in his hands to do is probably always the best thing ever. So, yeah, I imagine Talith with like fishing rod and like crab cage in hand looks like he's ready to go fishing with grandpa. You know what I mean? Like, here we go. Um, but Talith, you pull that rolled up piece of paper um, out of the cage. And Wait, I, I'm looking at the piece of paper because I wanted to see the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you pull out that piece of paper and it's definitely weathered a bit. Um, but still in good condition being underneath that, you know, wicker basket. As you unroll it, you see that there's a fair amount of writing on top um, uh, and, 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 and down the whole page. It looks like it was probably ripped out of a book and the sort of letterhead at top says, a day at the beach. And Dante, uh, I sent a quick doc to the group beforehand. Mm. If you want to pull it up, you could, you could read it out loud or to yourself or whatever you think. All right, here's my yeah, narration voice. I guess I'll do this. Um, all right. A day at the beach. Well, it says chapter chapter 19. I'm reading that correct first. Yeah, chapter 19, a day at the beach. John couldn't believe it. He was stuck on the beach, covered in sand, searching for a ghost with his siblings. He could have been reading right now. I could be reading right now, John said, shaking sand from his nightgown. What makes you think we'll find a ghost in the middle of the day at the edge of the island? Well, Peter tells us he saw one, Wendy replied. And he would never lie about something like this. He's forgetful, yes, but he's not a liar. Michael, meanwhile, was ignoring his siblings and instead collecting seashells at the edge of the water. They had been arguing more and more lately, and he didn't like it. Michael now put his ear to the shell, to a shell, and compared the ocean sounds inside the conch to the ocean outside the conch. He wandered back to the pair. I prefer how this ocean sounds, Michael said, handling the shell to his brother. Michael, don't be silly. The sound you're hearing is simply all the noises around us coming together inside that shell. It is rather fascinating you, but John then realized Michael was already walking away. You upset him, said Wendy, and this was supposed to be a lovely afternoon together in the sun. Why can't we enjoy a little time together looking for a ghost? Because ghosts don't exist. Think of the signs, Wendy. Do you expect me to believe that a specter haunts the peninsula? 
Where's the science to back up such a claim? John was getting more and more agitated as he spoke. That is the entry. Dante, it sort of trails off, suggesting there might be a few missing pages to this story uh, a day at the beach. Talith, you see the piece of paper in Dante's hand and, and quickly think, wait a minute. As you pull a book that you took from the British Museum with the initials WD on the inside cover, you realize that the ripped page in Dante's hand matches one of the missing pages from the journal that you have with you. And I go, wow, I definitely don't remember taking this, but I sure am glad I did actually take this. Uh, and and I, I kind of flip through and I say, wait, wait, Dante, let, let me let me see that. Yeah, this is story about a couple silly kids sure here you go yeah uh, and, and I kind of flip through do I find a place like where it seems like maybe it was torn out quite perfectly you find like the matching ripped you know little bit of paper in your book that fits the page that Dante had D Dante this uh this book fell in my bag at the British Museum um I don't <laughs> know how it got there uh it, but this page I mean I mean look like it fits yeah, um, let me see. Uh, I'm gonna see if I have. I don't think I have mend. That's not something I have. Nah, I don't have that. Of course not. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like it. It certainly is a match. Um, have we looked at this book yet since we've been here? Or is this just been with us the whole time? It's been with us the whole time. Talith and his quick hand swiped it from the British Museum. It was right next to the pixie dust that we recovered. Yeah, I was saying this in character. I knew that we haven't looked at it, but I was like, has anyone, like more of, someone should read this at some point. I guess Dante will probably have to read because he's the reader. Yeah, he's the reader. <laughs> Other than Shifra. Other than Shifra, we're the readers of the group, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um. Well, we might we might need to look at this book at some point here. Um, maybe the next time we take a take a rest, I'll, I'll give it a look and maybe a Shifra. Yeah, it's and... very interesting indeed. I would love to read it. Oh, okay. By all means. That's, that's well, I mean, we should mean. both read it. We should both put our minds. Yeah, through. you're right. You will yeah. come at it from one perspective. Yeah. I will come at it from another perspective, and we yeah. should both learn as much as we can. How bizarre is it that this page was found on this island? to a book that Talith remembers taking that was next to the pixie dust that I took while Thassa's Moldar was harassing us at the British Museum. Clearly, this is important. Yeah, it's very important. I think we should start a book club to make sure that we keep on the notes. Oh, that sounds fun. It's real fun. <laughs> uh, Dante just looks overwhelmed. He's like, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> so um, she, yeah, Shifra connecting some dots. Somehow this book might have been on the island at some point in time, maybe far before you all step foot on Neverland. Maybe you might find more pages across the island that fill out these stories, this journal of someone who occupied Neverland at some time. But who knows? Who knows? If we find all of them, do we get a platinum trophy for Neverland? Yeah, you get, yeah, you get the achievement. Yeah. Unlocked. <laughs> uh, do, what do, uh, do I need the fishing pole in this this cage uh are you we gonna go fishing you, you you you're a sailor you you like i'm not gonna say the the p word because you don't like people saying that one so 
Well, uh, not in. It make you feel, you know, at home or at peace. (laughs) We don't. We don't. uh, Okay. Well, we don't. We don't sail on the water. People haven't done that for like thousands of years. Why would you do that when you can fly? Um, But I, I don't really know. I'm not really a a fisher. Can I? Can I leave them? Is that littering? Is that okay? I mean, I don't think we should just leave them. We don't know when we'll need food out here. I mean, does anyone here have food? Not just look at everyone. You all have a jar of raisins. You do have oh a jar. God, we don't have any food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you all have, you know, rations and enough to, to get you by. Again, as experienced adventurers, I assume you're of at least gathering what you need to get you through the day. But certainly if you want to get something more substantial, maybe to give you a boost um, for, you know, your next day of adventuring, you can you can find specific meals and, and, and goods to prep for consumption. Um, you know, it'd be good if we uh, someone keep an eye out for a cookbook. Maybe there's something there's a there's a local cookbook so that we can maybe have some good meals. Hopefully they have. I mean. I'm hoping sailors have spices. Normally they have spices. They probably don't even use them, but if we find some, we should probably get some of that, get a cookbook, maybe have a meal of some sorts at some point. Uh, do you do you like do you like spice? I I have I have spices. What? And and I, I pull out I pull out some jerky um that has is like it's like brown like jerky would look, um, but with like almost fluorescent like red uh shimmers on it i'm just like do you want do you want to do you want to try a bite i, I take a bite good. i just like chew it i'm like you want you want a bite sure and, and i i just i give dante a bite i'm just like looking almost like gleefully i take a nibble <laughs> it is hot it is th- it is the atomic wing challenge hot and I'm just like, I'm just like chewing on it. I'm like, spicy, right? Yeah. yeah it's good, though. It's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we should, uh, we should move on from here. <laughs> uh, I got more. If you want more, I got, I got more. We harvest them from lightning peppers and they're, uh, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at least we have that because we didn't have any food before <laughs> when she was mentioning the raisin, so. Um, I can spice the raisins too if they're not hot nope, enough for please, it. No, please. Nope. We're good here. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's keep pressing forward, I guess. Excellent. Yeah. If the group is ready, we can keep pressing forward. With a fresh bit of uh, journal in hand, maybe some fishing supplies, we can safely make it out of this hex, hex number eight as we journey to the next stint on the island proper. Uh, Here, things start to get a little difficult in terms of traversing through the terrain. Um, The jungle is at one of its most dense moments at this area. Um, Faded and overgrown paths lead across the area. Yeah, Talif, quick question. Uh, no, I, I was just like, whenever, when you were done, I was going to have a conversation mid-walk. So I was just raised gotcha. my little hand. Um, faded and overgrown paths wind through this area. They often fork, veer away from each other, cut straight through. It's a little confusing, frankly. And to stay safe, 
you all need to sort of travel on a single file line. Um, as we enter the first steps of this area, yeah, Tal, if you want to bring up any conversation, you are welcome to. Yeah, I think before we got to um, the single file line, at some point I probably would have like, uh, initially I was taking the lead, but I think I got a little kind of bored with that and started kind of like drifting back. Um, and I, I've been absentmindedly playing with the star shell. About how big is the star shell again? It's like uh, slightly bigger than a softball, maybe like a small watermelon. Okay, so I'm kind of like I'm kind of like maybe tossing and catching it, but but I would walk back to uh, to Genevieve, um, and just kind of absentmindedly be like, I mean, Queen Mab was was like something else, right? Um, yeah, she was very powerful. I know. Uh, she 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 wanted she trusted me with this, uh, and I'm kind of holding it up. And I'm like, I I don't. I mean, she said it's for the star, but I don't. I've never seen anything like it before. Have you have you ever seen anything uh, like this? Like this? No, I haven't. Um, I mean, I feel like maybe maybe Shifra would have some knowledge about that. She seems to be really, really connected with the stars and with anything of that nature. But I I can see why I can see why she trusted you with it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, totally. <laughs> I mean, uh, obviously, I uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't really know what to do with it. I don't know. I mean, do you do you want to be the one to carry it? I don't. I really I don't know what to do with it. I think you're doing just fine. You don't need to know exactly how everything is going to work the first time around. Don't be so hard on yourself. If you need help, I'm here. But I think you should try. So that's really nice of you. Um, I know this is all like we we didn't even get a chance to talk because there was a museum and uh, and before that Kahanit and then Kahanit again and then we all zapped here and then the star blew up and then we were riding uh, seahorses. And there was a dragon breath thing and I got really, really hurt. And then there were gnomes and somewhere there were crabs and Dante's pants were wet, but then they were dry and there were these cockroaches. Like, I just, I don't know. Everything's happening like really fast. And I think Dante's pants are still wet. <laughs> no, they are not. They are quite dry. Oh. I mean, really good at listening, isn't he? This is an, this is an AB conversation um, and you can... You, can you were talking about my pants. It's very personal. I that's fair. That that's a good point. Now. That's fine. I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know any of you. Um, and I mean, I don't have, I don't have a lot of, a lot of friends. And like, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if we're friends. Maybe that's like too fast. But I just want to say if, you know, if you need help with anything, just like, you know, uh, let me know. And I kind of just like hurry off back to the front of the line. Um, Talith, make a quick insight check for me. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Insight. A specialty of mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Top shell. Or oh, a 12. Um, I would say that you would notice as you're sort of like, you know, handling the star shell. Again, it's this, you know, rather large, slightly bigger than a softball, slightly smaller than a, smaller than a watermelon. It's shaped like a walnut with, uh, you know, a hinge on the back and a clasp on the front and it opens up. And it's sort of like, you know, has spot for each star fragment to, to settle inside of it. Uh, but it's made, it's a little heavy, right? It's made of this like dense, thick, durable iron. And as you're handling it, jostling it, juggling it, kind of showing it to everybody, you would notice that like Shifra is very uncomfortable being like close to it. And you remember that she got burned from touching, passing through the iron fence, getting onto the hill initially. Hmm. 
I do remember that. Whether you'd want to bring that up or keep it no, to yourself is up to you, but you would kind of note Shifra might be a little uncomfortable with this iron ball so close to her. I don't think I will. I will Very keep that good. to myself. We're trudging through some dense jungle. Paths winding and crossing over each other. Helen, your instincts sort of like kick in as you hear commotion coming from a small clearing just up ahead, just past the path you're all are walking on. The sounds of like a large cat growling and, and, and getting fierce, swiping maybe through some leaves, some shrubs. You encourage the group to what? Maybe lie low, stop moving. Yeah, I'm, I, at this point, I'm just going to put my hand up. Hold on. And as you do, you see a large jungle cat with quite large, like, serrated front teeth protruding out of its mouth. Black stripes on its, uh, it's like tan golden fur. It's swiping its claws in front of it. And you see two large spiders with spikes perforating from the back of their abdomens. And they're sort of corralling this saber-toothed tiger, trying to like corner it or pin it up against a tree. The group is sort of like set back from this encounter at a somewhat safe distance, but Helen, one more step forward, and you're part of this fight. Uh, then I'm gonna take a step forward. Excellent. Does anyone else, anyone else have an initial reaction here? I would wanna mm. see, are those spiders the OSHA spiders or are these different spiders? <laughs> Make a nature check. Uh, 14. 14. Uh, yeah, Shifra, you can identify that these spiders are quite different than the OSHA spiders. The ocean spiders were, were sand spiders, right? They were very low to the ground, kind of like longer flat bodies with like almost claw-like mandibles that are really good at digging. These spiders engage with the saber-toothed tiger are a little more stout, a little more compact. They have spikes instead of like hair, you know, like on their legs and abdomen, and they have drool or like poison dripping from their mouths. And they are they almost look like a rabid creature trying to, to kill their prey. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so Helen's taking a step forward. Shifra, would, do you communicate what you learned to the party? Um, yeah, I would very quickly say... These aren't construction spiders. They're dangerous. Does anyone else want to join this encounter? Um, Genevieve is actually just going to try to step off to what would be her left, if my perspective is correct, on this map. Yeah. Um, just by feet, not putting herself immediately behind the tree. However, she is going to uh, cast Minor Illusion in front of her to make the appearance of a large bush to try to obstruct vision of her while she'll peer around it. Very nice. Dante, Palace. Anyone else? Uh, I am just going to go to the tree towards the right. Um, 
not behind that one, but the one in between. Yeah, but a little bit more towards the right, like in between the rocks and the tree. Yeah. Very good. Chifra, Kalith? Um, I am going to just stay, I'm going to stay like back next to this tree, like where Genevieve is, but I want to be able to keep my eye on Helen and keep her within range. Very good. And Talith? Uh, I'm going to see Helen step forward and I will move slightly to my right. Um, actually, no, I will step up just like next to that tree right in front of me. And then I'm going to uh, just kind of focus inward for a second and then reach out mentally to Helen and Dante um, to connect with them uh, psychically um, and, and just say, hey, 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 don't freak out. Uh, we've done this before. I, I can talk to you um, just just in case, just in case uh, we need to talk or if you want to talk like I, it's fine, but I'm here and you hear that in your heads. Uh, can I re- can I reject that? Um, I don't actually. Well, I mean, rules is written. I don't. I mean, sure. I, I don't care. You you can't. I'm sure it has to be like to a willing creature. It I doesn't mean. actually say willing. <laughs> ah, I think, in fact, the power is ah, called oh. psychic whispers. So, and I think the implication is that, um, uh, is is that you don't you don't have a say. But if you tell me, whispers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But, but if if you, if you if you don't want me to, just just let me know. My bad. But uh, just in case. Yeah, you, you probably would have noticed in this long trek we've been making through the jungle that Helen has not been very talkative and does not seem to be in an amazing mood. Uh, so she's just going to say to you out loud, get out. <laughs> uh, now. Oh, I, I don't know how to turn it off, but okay, I won't. I won't. I'll try not to. Ooh, my bad. <sighs> it's it, it's it's blurring out anyway. It's fine. <laughs> And with that, roll initiative. <laughs> okay, twenties and above. Mm. Very good. Fifteen to nineteen. Nineteen. Oh well. I think uh, you have the higher decks, though. So. Yeah. And Helen's kind of like entering the fray, so I'd imagine she will have kind of first drop here, if you're okay with that, Genevieve. Absolutely. Uh, 10 to 14? 5 to 9? 8. And then Talith and Dante, how do we do? Oh, I'm sorry, I had 7. Okay. And Dante? Ew. Hey, in the rear with the gear. Mm-hmm. Um... Helen, as you join the fight, uh, this already started encounter has been underway. The two spiky spiders lash out with their uh, like their front mandibles, spewing acid at this saber-toothed tiger. Um, the tiger, though, quick to react, dodges out of both of the attacks, leaping forward at one of the spiders. It unleashes its claws from both pause as it pounces forward, tussling with the spider in front of you. You see this large, strong cat quite literally rip two legs off the spider. Shink! As the spider sort of like screeches in pain. It's your turn, Helen. Uh, Genevieve, you're on deck. All right, um... Hold on, let me, let me take a look where I am. Um, 
I am going to go for the tiger uh, with my hammer. I'm gonna run up and take a, a swing. Sure. That is a 21 to hit. 21 hits the saber-toothed tiger. Alrighty. Man, I certainly forgot how to play this game. Um, <laughs> alrighty. Actually, that's two-handed, so that's my bad. Uh, that is 10 points of damage. 10 points of damage, yeah. As you swing your hammer, connects like the back hip of the tiger. You hear a loud crack from its hip bone as the tiger in pain. Anything else? Um, yes. Do I, uh, I have two weapon fangs, so I have another attack. Um, trying to think. Um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to strike out at it, uh, this time. Switch hammer to one hand and I'm going to go for it with the, the whip. For a classic circus motif. Classic circus motif from Helen. That is going to be another 21 to hit, actually. That continues to hit. Great. Um, and that is going to be eight points of damage. Eight points of damage. Uh, another <clears throat> against the tiger's back as like hair poofs up from the whip mark. Um, it lashes out in pain once more. Anything else? Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually am going to put both, I'm going to put my hammer away. I'm going to look at the tiger uh, with just hands out and I'm going to say, come at me. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Genevieve, you're up, then Shifra. Okay, so Genevieve is going to um, take out the crystal ball from the leather pouch on her side and she's holding it up in one hand. She starts humming a little bit under her breath. A faint tune of the itsy bitsy spider, and I'm going to need the spider to make a Constitution saving throw. DC will be there good. are two. Uh, there's one oh, closer to you, and one a bit farther away. The one that's farther away has its front legs ripped out from the tiger. I'm not concerned about that one at this point. I'm going to go for the one who still has all of its legs. Sure. Uh, and I'm sorry, you said a Wisdom saving throw? A Constitution. Constitution. Uh, it rolls a 19. Oh dang. Okay, so it will not work. Um, she attempted to cast uh, Reduce on it, but that will be it for her. Very good. Shifra, you're up. Talith, you are on deck. Okay. I want to cast Enlarge on Helen. Oh! So, um, so she is going to, um, unless she wants to resist this. No! <laughs> She's going to double in size in all dimensions. Her weight is multiplied by eight. Um, it, your size increases by one category. Um, let's see. What else? What else? Um, you have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. Your weapons also grow to match your new size. And while your weapons are enlarged, your attacks with them deal an extra 1d4 damage. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> if this becomes a normal thing, we're going to have to ask Hero Forge to send us an oversized uh, Helen, Helen mini. Helen. 12 foot Helen. Well, actually, yeah. 12 foot who, Helen. Who did it better, Helen or the lady from Resident Evil? 
<laughs> I'm about to be three feet taller than her, so. <laughs> Facts. So, Helen. Very then, good. She can fun. I do a cantrip as a bonus action when I've done a spell or no? Yeah, so you can cast a, a full action spell and then okay. a cantrip in the same term as long as they're separate action types. Okay. So, yes. So I want to do a, like, a bonus action magic stone. Can I do that? Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get my pebbles out and I'm going to hurl one at um, at one of these spiders. Excellent. There's the damaged one tussling with the tiger or the fresh one. I'll do the I'll do the, the fresh one. The fresh spider. Yes. Uh, that is a 11 to hit. Uh, 11 misses doesn't so much as miss but bounces off the spider's backside um you would notice that like you know it's got these large spikes coming from its its back and Mm -hmm. it's actually like plated as well okay all right that's it for me very good swellen the barbarian thank you (laughs) at helen or swellen that's pretty great it might be t-shirt worthy honestly um, awesome. Thank you, Shifra. Talith, you are up. Dante is on deck. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna look over at, at whichever. I think it's the... What did Helen just attack? The tiger. The tiger, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm going to... You're going to see that orange glow kind of shimmer in my hand and like like different motes of light kind of like pop, 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 and then coalesce together into kind of a jagged blade and fly out at the, at the tiger. Nice. As I cast a psionic blade. Um, 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 um. Ooh, hell yeah. That's a uh, 18 plus stuff. Uh, 20, I mean, even more than that. Way over 20, 24. Quick maths, 24 hits. Yes. And uh, sneak attack, right? <laughs> uh, yes, Helen, sorry, Swellen is within five feet of the creature you are attacking. So that does proctor sneak attack. 3d6 plus stuff. So excited. I don't think I've rolled sneak attack yet in this game. I don't know. Uh, ooh, six plus three, nine plus another three, 12 plus uh, four, 16 points of damage, which is about as much as my level 13 monk does in another game. So that's pretty cool. Neato. Um, Talith, describe to me the killing blow. Um, yeah, I kind of, I, I just kind of like lean down because I want to zip the blade under the spider and it just, uh, again, these blades don't visually impact. They almost just kind of disappear and slide inside. So with no visible wound, um, the tiger just slouches to the ground. And then a big, large cat, oomph, the saber-toothed tiger is defeated. The spiders, though, still seem aggressive. Talith, anything else on your turn? Yeah, for my bonus action, I'm going to uh, coalesce a blade in my offhand and fling that as well. It's slightly smaller, um, you know, but it's still, it's got a lot of heart. And uh, I'm going to throw it at the spider nearest to me. It's all about how you use it. Make that attack roll. Yep. Less good, uh, 13. 13 misses the spider once again. It's thick armor on its uh, across its body gives it that uh, that extra defense and i'm a little surprised because normally i'm used to this like just going into the creatures i attack but when i see it kind of shatter on the on the shell i'm a little taken aback and i'll step back behind um this uh tree here to my right sure very good that'll end my turn and 
Dante, your turn, then the spiders. All right. I am going to cast Ray of Frost at the closest spider at me. So I'll get my wand out. Um, you know, um, assume a, a, a nice casting pose and then uh, go ahead and cast Ray of Frost. It's Wingardium Leviosa. We'll see if this goes. It's a 12. A 12 misses. Of Once course. again, Frost just takes the side of the plated spider and it is unaffected. I will take another sidestep uh, to the right, so closer to the tree and behind it. Excellent. Um, let's see. The spiders kind of now crowd around you, Helen. Dante, unless you had anything else to do on your turn. Nope, uh, that is what I do. One spider, pretty significantly damaged by the saber-toothed tiger, they try to intimidate you, Helen, to, to scare you away. Like, circling you, like, kind of, like, popping up and down to, like, make their spikes get, like, closer and far away from you to, like, try to corral you, you know? Um, they're going to make an intimidation check. Helen, make an intimidation check as well. And I'm going to say with advantage, since you're enlarged by Shifa's magic. Yeah. Who. Spiders roll a 14. Um, yeah, that's a 22 <laughs> for me. Uh, <laughs> Swellen, please describe to me how you counter intimidate the spiky spiders. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to pick up the, the corpse of the uh, saber tooth tiger that is now dead. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm just gonna go <laughs> swing that shit around and slam it on the ground right in front of them and make direct eye contact with all 16 total of their eyes. Yeah. And they simply scurry away into the dense jungle tree line around you. Hey, gone. Okay, so spiders are not nice, right? Is that what we've determined? Not those. They didn't have the hat. Do hats make people nicer? I don't know, but the construction hats seem to be a deciding factor for spiders. As a fashionista, hats can really skew people <laughs> from really good to really bad. It really just depends. Yeah, I think uh, Shifra can convey that these spiky spiders, also known as spiny spiders, are categorically different than the sand spiders you initially encountered, the construction spiders that we've dubbed. Um, maybe they're cousins, maybe they're allies, who knows, but they certainly are like a different species of spider. So whether or not you want to, you know, make any connections is up to the group here. I'm going to, I'm still 12 feet tall. I'm going to look, look down at everybody <laughs> and say, I... I'm not sure who did this. It was me. Thank you. <laughs> How long am I going to be this big? Um, it says up to one minute, I think. That's uh, correct. So that's that's almost disappointing, honestly. Um, thank, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, 
If I could make it last longer, I would, but I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep up with my studies and see if I can uh, work on this. You liked it though? Oh yeah, no, uh, that was, that was great. Th thank you. Uh, okay. Got the job done. Yeah. Very good. Helen, as you sort of retake your size, the party um, kind of, you know, meets up in this clearing. Um, Helen, uh, I, I would think your sort of survival instincts would tell you, um, you know, you've got the body of this saber-toothed tiger, right? It's got these huge front teeth that curve around to a sharp edge, almost like a raptor claw. Um, if properly removed, these canines could be made into suitable and, and powerful daggers. I, I turn to the party and I say, anyone want the teeth? Do, do we just, do we just t t take them? You can certainly try. It would take a survival check to properly remove the canines in a way to preserve them to be made into a weapons. I mean, they kind of, and I kind of, uh, my, my interest is peaked and I kind of like walk over and I'm like holding my hands like up to them. Like, I mean, they would, I feel like they'd be pretty good stabbing size. Um, do we, does anybody, how do you remove teeth? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, I could give it a try. I, I I don't think I'd keep one as a weapon per se, but I think I would uh, keep it as a nice, uh, you know, piece of jewelry or something like that. Yeah, I mean, if if you want, I think how many how many total of these knifeish teeth are there? There's two of them. I mean, Dante, do you want to try and take one, and and, and I'll try and take one? That uh, seems cool. True. All right. Uh, on on three, do we pull? I don't. I've never done this before. You could good luck with that. I was going to use a knife. Oh, yep. Nope. That makes sense. Uh, I will. I'll, I was going to do that too. And I will try that now. Make a survival check. Thirteen plus three plus three. Uh, Nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. You successfully, a little bloodily, remove the two front canines of the dagger tooth tiger um it'll take a master crafts gnome in order to properly make them into suitable usable daggers um, but doing so would give you uh, quite an advantage in the field of combat uh, here, here you go. I, I, I got both of them out. I, I don't know how I did that. Uh, and I tossed one of the bloody teeth to you, Dante. Here you go. You didn't have to toss it. Now I got. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Very good. Um, Shifra, make a perception check real quick. Nineteen. 19. Uh, so the group is standing in this clearing, right? We've been traveling through dense jungle, winding paths, but this encounter happened in a clearing. Shifra, as you look up, you notice there's also a clearing through the canopy of the jungle where you could see the morning sky of Neverland shining above. Somehow, in the twilight of dawn, whether it's you specifically or the, you know, light, position in the sky of the rising sun, but you managed to notice 
twinkling stardust in the sky above you, kind of falling down not too far ahead of the group's location. Shifra, you think maybe one more hour walking west, you might be able to find the first Starfall's location. But before we get there, let's take a quick break so the group can refresh, so we can get back to some Neverland action. With a fresh set of dagger tooth tiger canines in hand, in Dante's hand, uh, the group continues venturing westbound deeper into the jungle with Shifra on the lead, tracking twinkling stardust that has now uh, that's now underneath the canopy. Shifra, you almost have like, you know, predator vision, right? Like you're kind of the only one that can track this star. Whether you make that aware to the, you know, make the group aware to that or not, um, you're able to, 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 to keep that track. Um, what are your sort of mannerisms? Do you kind of cue the group in? Are you just... Oh, yeah. As soon as I see it, I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm screaming, you guys, it's this way. There's a star, there's a star part this way. Let's go, let's go. I can see it. Let's go. And I'm booking it. I'm taking off, like... Tripping over shit, don't care, let's go. I would imagine uh, maybe Helen, you might grab Shifra by the cuff to stop her from like wandering off the paths just straight into the jungle. Uh, yes, if by grab her by the cuff, you mean try to take her by the shoulders and lift her up <laughs> so her, like, her legs are like still going, but I'm just holding her like, no. <laughs> Do I have to make a... A contested strength check. <laughs> no, I, I'd imagine that you're, you can pretty easily grab her from just wandering off into the path. Shifra, I know you're excited to, to get to that star location, um, and you can certainly keep going if you like, but staying on the, the, the sort of rough footpath is a little safer than just traveling straight through dense jungle. Oh, yes, yes. Let's stay on the path, but it's this way. Let's go. Wonderful. Is Shifra. the star shell doing anything? Like, I, I she says that, and I kind of, like, take it out and, like, hold it to see if it's, like... I don't know, you know, beaconing me, divining rod. Um, no, it's just a large iron walnut. Yep, I think it's where Shifra said. Shifra, go ahead and make a survival check with advantage since you're able to feel the star close by. Um, 18. 18. Yeah, you make a few lefts, you make a right, and then straight on, you find this like large, rounded, sort of jagged stone that's kind of like humping over the jungle terrain, right? Nothing really growing on it. It's kind of a clearing, but it's a large stone. Okay. On top, you can see some rubble, some, some fragmented stone that has been blown out from the top of the dome where the star impacted. Um, it would take an athletics check or you on the back of Helen in order to like scale up this large dome stone. Um, what's our approach, team? Uh, I can't, uh, I mean, I can climb, but not, I mean like very small heights. Um, I don't, Helen? I've got it. <laughs> 
I, I turn to uh, Shifra. You want to hop on? Oh, I'd be honored. And I, I clamber up. <laughs> Hoister. Yeah. Uh, you can quite easily scale up this large dome. Um, in, in tight total, it's probably a good eight, maybe ten feet, um, you know, in, in diameter, like to get to the top. But Shifra, you sort of, you know, peer over Helen's back to like look down at the impact where the star fell and you see a sort of predicament. There's the impact point, right? Like a hollow hole through this solid stone dome, maybe 20 feet all the way through, right? So the stone dome is 10 feet, then another 10 feet into the earth is a straight hole where the star impacted and like blew through. It's almost like a keyhole, Shifra. And as you look into the keyhole, that's maybe like four or five inches round, you see the fragmented star in the ground in a sort of like hollowed out subterranean chamber, glowing yellow, pulsating with this rich, magical energy, stardust glittering the underground chamber that it's in. It's very clear to you, Shifra and Helen, that like underneath this dome, underneath where you're standing is some sort of subterranean cave or like network or, or, or something, maybe a dungeon perhaps, but some sort of space is underneath you. Can't quite get through the small hole, but you can see the star just, you know, 20 feet away from you with, with no clear way to get to it. I would try, tell me if I can, tell me if I can try this. I would like to try and use my Earthbind spell to like tie up the star piece and like hoist it through the hole magically. Do you have that spell handy? Could you read it to me? So I choose a creature I can see within range. Yellow strips of magical energy loop around the creature. The target must exceed a strength saving throw um, or its speed is reduced to zero. Um, it's for airborne creatures. An airborne creature would descend until sure. it reaches the yeah, ground. Yeah, I, I think in this respect, the star, not only not a creature, but is also underground. So it's mm. a little bit of a stretch here. Yeah. Um, Dante, Talith, and Genevieve, um, you three, I think, would recall the gnomes from the bridge told you that, you know, past the bridge, past the iron mines, you'd find the pirate's ship. The area you're in now is most likely where the gnomes describe the iron mines to be. And with what Shifra and Helen might describe to the group, this star being in this underground chamber, it might be in the underground mines that lie in this area. So, so Dante, like, does it bother you when, when I, when I talk like in your head, is that I, I didn't even think to ask and like Helen seemed upset about it and like, I don't know. I mean, it's like I never thought about before. It's just a cool thing I can do. And I thought everybody appreciated cool things, but maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm like, uh, maybe I'm intruding and I didn't think about that, but once I do it, I can't turn it off. Um, and so I don't know if I'm bothering you or if I'm bothering her, should I not do it anymore? Should I stop? But then like, it's a cool thing. So should I stop doing cool things? You can do cool things. If you could Talith. do cool things, would you? Ta Talith. Yep. It's Is that... still on and it's okay. 
I'm so sorry. But if we're in the middle of something, I like to also be able to hear myself think when I have a thought. Yeah, that makes sense. Ah, uh, uh, my 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 bad, my my bad, uh, my bad. Alan, Alan, Alan. So, um, listen. Is another lesson I had to learn as a young spellcaster that although you it might seem like something is cool and beneficial to somebody else, you kind of have to ask first. You know, if they're involved in a some significant time of matter or it's something that's life or death or something that is, uh, I don't know, something that you could ask for us beforehand. That's something you should do, especially if something is a little bit more, I won't say intrusive, but I guess, right, we're at a place now where you can't turn it off and you can't easily take it back. You might want to ask next time. As far as um, it bothering me, I mean, whether you're going to speak in my head or say it out loud, I'm going to hear you. So that being said, I prefer yes, but um, it's just something you got to learn on your magical journey and you figure out what your, what your capabilities are, what other people's boundaries are regarding those capabilities. And you, you move on and you keep doing so. so. You know, I have to keep bringing it up between me and probably shouldn't keep bringing it up with Helen. They're gonna, they're gonna ride this one out, but next time, just be a little bit more mindful. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You're saying that, like, sometimes sorcerers are so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they don't stop to think if they should. Um, and, and I, <laughs> I get that. Andrew? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you can't, you know, slip some Jurassic Park in, what are you even doing on the internet? Um, but just, just so you know, like, I only, I can only hear if you like say something to me. I'm not like in your head. I just, it's like a, it's like a way to to talk. And but yeah, no, I'll, I'll ask, I'll ask in the future. Uh, uh, Helen, I'm, Helen, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. You've apologized like three or four, fifty, eleven times at this point. It's probably just getting irritating, Helen. It's, it's all right. Uh, DM question: yes. These, these minds, how? Does it okay? So we're now aware that there's like an open space underneath the ground that we could, if we were able to get down there, we could be in it. Yeah, you have the tools to like dig through jungle and, and earth. How far down thought. is it? How many so feet from the top of the rock that you're on? You can see the hole where the star is in this underground network, right? Um, your best bet is that it's a 20 foot drop between jungle floor and the mines. 20 feet of jungle and stone and earth. And if I can back off that question, how, what is the space that we're looking at we would have to be able to go through? Does that make sense? Or like yeah, to it's, it's the hole that you can like look through to see the star's oh. location is like maybe three, four inches at best. Um. Okay, Joe, I, I'm going to ask just you a question very briefly yeah. over chat. The, the gnomes did mention that the iron mines were here. Um, Can I uh, also maybe, I don't know if this is going to be like arcana thing, but does iron in any form give me any sort of like, uh, we should approach with some sort of... Um, 
what's the word for? I don't know the word, but coffin, uh, because we're going into place of iron. Um, or is that not a thing? Like, I don't know uh, in this world, but I'm just trying to figure out if Dante knows whether or not iron could be tricky for spellcasters or anything of arcane nature. Sure. Uh, Dante, make an arcane check. 18. 18. Um, you don't think that the iron has any effect on arcane or divine magic. Um, obviously you've seen that, that it has had some effect on, on individuals, but you don't think it's based on magic. Okay. And it was yes or no, Joe? <laughs> yes, you could, but I think you have a 24-hour wait to use that ability again, right? Oh, that's a very good point, oh, but... So. I sent that response to Genevieve, my bad. <laughs> nice. Um, Talith totally understands. Sometimes Emily, you get the wires he knows crossed. That. You know what but, I mean? Yes. And, but does Helen know that? That's my real question. <laughs> um, we could certainly try to find a proper entrance into the iron mines or try to get through this three-inch hole by whatever means possible. Whatever the group so does thinks. it look like... So, so you said there's like 10 feet of rock and then 10 feet of ground underneath it, like underground. Is it like a three inch hole all the way through the rock and then it opens up into a cavern? Through the, it's three inches all the way down. And then like all maybe the in the last like couple feet, it like opens up and you can tell that there's a chamber down there, you know? Mm. Like, like a keyhole, you like you peer through, yeah. except it's like a really long keyhole and mm -hmm. you can tell that there's yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Yes. Right there. It is there. I could push the rock. I could break the rock. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think we're going to have to find another way into this hmm. cavern or something, unless any of us can turn this all really small, but I can't do that. I don't think quite that small, unfortunately. Certainly with all these winding paths through this dense jungle, one of them might lead to the entrance of the iron mines. Oh, um, I have an idea. Um, would it be possible for me to get up there so I could also be looking through that hole? Of course, yeah. I think Helen could reach down and hoist you up if she's willing. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And so having a visual essentially into that center chamber because it's not further than 30 feet from me, is that correct when I'm looking through? That is correct. I'm going to utilize minor illusion to create a sound coming from there, just the sound of a scream to see if I can hear an echo to give an indication of where an opening might be coming from. That's so freaking awesome. Genevieve, take a point of inspiration for that creativity. Yeah. That is so cool. Um, definitely, yeah, anyone who wants to make a survival check to locate the entrance through the, you know, echoing of the screaming illusion, do so with advantage as Genevieve gives some clairvoyance. Everyone can make the check. 14 for me. And I'm sorry, what was the check for? Survival. Ooh, survival, okay. 20 for me. Natural 20, so 25 total. Oh, dang. Natural one oh, plus... <laughs> It's so, fine. It's 
it, the guys are always slowing us down. So, you know, the, the lady's on top of it. Yeah, yeah, five. Shifra, call it like your heightened senses in tracking these stars, maybe your internal connection to the island, or in, in combination with Genevieve's sensory effects, you can like hear uh, like the echoing throughout the underground chambers through the iron mines that like bellow out to where it might transition to like actual jungle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That sound rings underground for you, almost like a dog whistle. And you think you can follow it through these winding paths to find the entrance to the mines. Okay. Uh, I think I know where the entrance is. And and here's an idea. Um, One of you mentioned we could reduce somebody, which I can do that. I could reduce one of us to one eighth our normal size. Would that be small enough to fit through this hole? What's one eighth of six feet? Dante, quick maths. Oh, wow. I'm not that quick. <laughs> my, my brain's all checked out for the quarter. Okay. You don't, you don't do that. Okay. So that would be 50. No, about yeah 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 let me let me get this i got this i got this one second like I don't nine inches got it everyone knows that math is the best part of D. <laughs> yeah you're gonna be like nine inches tall right what i got probably i think nine inches tall is probably less right and then you're not you're not more than three inches wide i would guess so yeah i would say shifra with reduce you could shrink someone down uh to fit through the hole Okay, so Talith, if you, if you want, since you've got the star shell, I could reduce you down. Um, it only lasts for like a minute, so you could get down there and then get back to your normal size, and then we could meet you at the entrance. I like this idea. Yeah, Talith. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can, I can do it. The only thing is, you're gonna be tiny, and we're gonna have to drop you twenty feet. So I don't know how that's gonna affect you. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? Probably nothing. I think we do it. Okay. Spell me, spell me, spell me. Shifra, with your nat 20 and being able to judge like where the entrance is, Mm -hmm. um, it would probably take you about an hour on foot to follow the sensory sound to track the entrance to the iron mines deeper into the jungle proper here. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a considerable amount of distance to be away from Talith. I fully support this, by the way, but with your natural 20, Shifra, I think you would kind of know all these factors. This would effectively be splitting the party for some time. Action. Right. Which I'm fine with. Don't get me wrong. Wait. This is how I get my spinoff show. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Helen sort of has like a an expression cross across her face of confusion and and she says I I don't know why but I I think I could get down there too oh how could you do it I'm just I'm, I'm just gonna try um and Helen squeezes her eyes shut and Thinks really hard about it. Um, and I am going to use my Misty Step to teleport into the mines. Oh, 
Ellen squeezes her fist close, tightens her eyes shut as she vanishes in a poof of magical dust and reappears in the mines 20 feet below. You can hear her voice echo through the tight three-inch hole in the ground. What do you say? Hello! Um, I guess I'll catch you. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Uh, Shiva, you should probably do the thing. Tabu, you should probably be ready. All right. Yes, 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 yes. And I just jump. Well, yeah. So I, I cast my spell at Talith, and he turns into a nine-inch tall little person, (laughs) and then I drop him down the hole. And Helen, you hear in your head, "I'm coming, catch me." I reach up to catch him. <laughs> um, so uh, Helen, you cast the spell, and Shifra, you cast the spell. Yeah, I guess. Both of you roll d one hundred. Finally, have a use for my d one hundred. Yes, <laughs> it's so hard. you more excited. <laughs> <laughs> 24. Oh, uh, that 34. was... 34. Yes. And mine is a 34. Mm. 34. Okay. Um, As both of you cast these spells, um, I would think Dante and Genevieve would feel this, like, immense arcane presence this magical it's 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 palpable and it's resonating from the star that's under the ground below you you didn't recognize it until a spell was cast in the star's vicinity if we recall even a fragment of a fallen star is capable of immense magical power and it exaggerates and almost extorts and and distorts spells that are cast within its vicinity. Shifra, you rolled a 24, correct? Yes. As you cast your spell to shrink Talith, all objects within 20 feet of you that are not anchored to the ground get pushed violently 20 feet away from you. Dante, Talith, Genevieve, um, Helen, you teleport before that. So the rest of you... I jumped off the cliff before she cast the spell. Very good. The rest of you then make dexterity saving throws <laughs> to avoid getting thrashed into tree trunks. This is great. Oh, where are my good rolls going? Uh, <laughs> yep, nope. How do we do? Nine. Nine fails. Yeah, fair. Dante? A three. A three. Oh. I think just you two, right? Because Talith is gone and, and Helen is gone. Me and Genevieve both look at each other like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, because the star's there. <laughs> Dante and Genevieve, you take eight points of bludgeoning damage as you're uh, thrown dang. violently into trunks of trees. Uh, and Helen... Oh, y'all remember when the wizards were still alive? That was fun. Uh. Helen, you said you roll a 34? Yes. Roll a one, two... Three, roll a d4 for me. Okay. Two. One, two. Okay. 
as you cast your your misty step spell the raw arcane power from the star distorts it retargets it to genevieve as she gets thrashed into the chi trunk she misty steps instead of you and is now with talith in the bottom well of the iron mines and just being with a tree now, just on the ground, Genevieve's just going to curse out very loudly. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? Role play that for me. <laughs> I don't know if there are people watching us that maybe don't like those words. Gosh so darn it. I am going to. Yeah, gosh darn it. Just now. <laughs> those, what, those orbit commercials, right? Yeah. Like, Drop the uh, F bomb as a five year old. I think it's okay. That's <laughs> you, you, it you do you, Brie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As soon as, like, you may have heard the beginning of it, Dante would, as she hit the tree and just like kind of a, and then as she hits the ground, it's like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> Ow. I'm gonna get up after getting winded. It's like, <laughs> I'm gonna make my way over to Genevieve to make sure that that she's okay because if she yelled and I've never heard Genevieve curse yet I'm like actually concerned but I'm also just wheezing and trying to figure she's out she's underground now right yeah as yeah, you like look for strong. her you realize that her profanity echoed through the small like hole that the star punctured through the earth and you realize instead of Helen teleporting Genevieve did and now she's underground with Alan uh is it just me and Shifra that are up here now no, I'm, I'm there now. And Helen. <laughs> right, I know. So I'm saying is Helen's down there, Genevieve's down there. No, 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 no. Genevieve and Talith are down there. Uh, Helen, Shifra, and yourself are above ground. I um, thought I thought Helen Misty stepped down there. Yes, but the star, it sent Genevieve instead of me. Oh, 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 oh. Dante, role-playing real quick, make an arcane check. Got it, got it, got it. Sorry, As you try to piece together what just happened, because you you recognized Helen, you know, misty stepping, but somehow Genevieve did after you got winded. Thirteen. Thirteen. You can tell that there was a magical pulse of arcane energy from the star. We'll call it a star surge. And your magical insight can tell you that any spells cast within 500 feet of a fallen star can be distort, distorted, altered, or changed on a giant D100 chart that only I know. Um, but yeah, magic can be altered and retconned and, and, yeah. and, and changed drastically because the star, even a fragment, is just so powerful. Um, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think we should be kissing spills around here. Mm. Did I do it wrong? I, I have no idea what I'm doing. No, I think you were doing it correctly, but <clears throat> the star's changing everything up, so... Well, that, um, would I know if, like, a star shell prevents that from interfering, like, while we carry it around? So smart, Shifra, because, <laughs> yes, the okay. iron shell of the star shell dampens that effect, that star surge. Yeah. And Talith, you kept it on your person, right? 
I kept it on my person. Uh, it, it is, I guess, now tiny like me. And point of order, did Genevieve catch me? Um, no. Nope. <laughs> she, she had no one. into a tree and then unwillingly oh, teleported no. 20 feet underground. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, you're dainty. You can catch a little Whoa. cube. Like, land on the ground in your I mean, sure. Your miniature state, yeah. Um, and if and I think if Shifra wants, can revert the spell and allow you to retake your proper size. Sure. If, I, mean, I don't know if that will work with the star around, but it only lasts for a minute anyway. Wonderful. Yeah, Talith, you you retake your proper size and shape. Uh, Genevieve on the ground, a little wind. <laughs> Helen, I'm. I I thought you were gonna catch me. What is it? Hi. <laughs> I'm I'm so confused. Are y'all okay down there? Did you make it? Did you catch him? He's fine. I think I... up to Helen. No. <laughs> okay, you sound alive though. So that's good. Yeah. Sorry, Genevieve, what are you saying? Hi. That was it. There's just like sensor, like black bars across her yeah. mouth. Talith, um. you now stand in front of a star fragment. It's about the size of like a large golden nugget, you know, uh, able to fit in the palm of your hand. It's pulsing with palpable arcane energy. The hairs are already sticking up on your head. Give us that profile shot. Boom. <laughs> your hair's on like, you know, your arm are, are sticking up as well. What do you do? You have the star shell, a fragment of the fallen star is in front of you. Uh, let's kind of hold the, the star shell out. Like, I don't, we're, are we supposed to grab this? Like, My, thinking back to any discussions that we had about the star, um, was there any like specific instructions given? by Mab when it came to actually utilizing? Unfortunately, no. Okay. Would I know anything about how to pick up a star? Make an insight check. Twenty-three. Twenty-three, yeah, Shifra. Something to dampen a barrier between your hand and the star would be the safest way to 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 handle it um maybe even just like clamping or scooping it with the star shell is the way to go or some kind of magic to handle it or something along those lines yeah kind of consider it like radioactive you know okay so i'll yell down in the hole and i'll say don't touch it don't touch it with your hands that might hurt you but you can you can scoop it up with the star shell or if you have like a magical hand or some special gloves. You can do anything like that to pick it up. And then I just like have my eye through the hole because I yeah. just really wish it was me picking up the star. <laughs> um, I guess too, I don't, I have a magical hand, but right now I don't really feel all that great about utilizing it around the star. Um, do you want to try scooping it up? Or I, I do have, and she'll kind of indicate, she can pull down her cloth like on her sleeves to try to grab star. Calif, how are you feeling? You want to try to scoop it or? 
I mean, I, 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 I can, I can scoop it. You can try the cloth. I don't, I don't want you to, you know, I, you didn't even want to be here. And, and like, now you're down here and you thought you were up there. And, um, uh, hey, Dante. Yes. Should I, <laughs> should, should, uh, it's down here, the star. Should I, should I grab it? Should Genevieve grab it? I don't. Pick up the damn I mean, star. Pick, pick up the damn the star. star. Just pick up the damn star. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 Genevieve Dante says I should pick up the star. So I just take the shell and I go. I pop it open yeah. and I just go. You go like full Indiana Jones, right? The, the star fragment. Exactly. There. You've got the star shell. Talith, make a slide of hand check to safely scoop it. Can I try right. to assist with like my cloth covered hand? Of course. Yeah, Genevieve, using the aid action to help guide Talith. Talith, roll with advantage. Oh, yeah. Gonna roll these Black Oak wor- Workshop dice. Go to blackoakworkshop.com. Hmm. Oh, Get that yeah. ASMR. Mm. So nice. Okay, well, I rolled two fives. Perfect. <laughs> That's your slide of hand. Uh, plus four. <laughs> Wait, I am so damn lucky, though, that I'm shaking, right? And I'm like, and I go, and I take a deep breath, and I'm going to re-roll with lucky. one of those with lucky. Let's see it. Make it count. Seven. <laughs> plus three. Oh, a sleight of hand. Oh, plus four. Eleven. A dirty eleven. Dirty. Luckily, as as powerful as this fragment of fallen star is, it's certainly just an object at this point, and you can easily scoop it up with the star shell. It falls into place, sort of like locks into the fitting. You close the iron walnut clamp tight. Boom. And now the power of the residual star sort of like fades as it's safely in the shell of the star shell. Dante is in the box. It's in the box. I put it in the box and it's glowing. And then it stopped glowing. Now it's in the box. What do I do? Right. Yep. Yep. All right. Yep. Okay, we yep. got to go. Um, Talith. We, 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 we have to book it. It's an hour away. We have to go find them. Yeah. We, we got to find a, a point to connect. I yeah. yell down at the, the hole to them, the like rough direction of the entrance that I discerned. Absolutely. Um, so it'll be up to Genevieve and Talith to decide if they want to try to find the entrance while the rest of the party makes their way to the entrance or hang tight. But before we make that decision, which will probably be next session, um, we have recovered the first fragment of the fallen star. One of five is safely nestled in the star shell. Um, Shifra, you call down to the group to either you know hang tight or follow the path towards the entrance as you lead yourself, Helen and Dante, an hour through the jungle, following Genevieve's sensory effects and your star sense to the entrance of the mine, which was gonna leave us at 10 a.m. on the second day. Shifra, Helen and Genevieve, you find the entrance to the iron mines. It's this large stone door and an even larger stone frame embedded into a stone basin deep in this jungle's center. To your discomfort, there is a large set of crossed iron chains across the iron mine's entrance with this massive iron padlock stationed on the front, effectively locking the mines from anyone entering. 
Shifra, Helen, and Dante, as you look up on top of the entrance, the door entrance to the mines, you see a creature. Well, you see two creatures, a swine, a warthog. On top of it is a duck. In one of those, like, unexpected animal friendship relationship YouTube videos, you see this duck nestled, like literally nested on top of the swine's head, and they are standing on top of the stone door that's locked to the iron mines. Around the duck's neck is a key, an iron key, an iron key that opens the gate to the iron mines. And as you look up at the swine and duck, they turn and book it into the jungle's center. <laughs> Talith and Genevieve, now down in the iron mines, separated from the group. It is dark. It is cold. It's full of iron. No natural life around you, just stone and earth. As your companions venture far away from the star's location that you just gathered, you realize that you two are alone. Who knows what will happen down in the iron mines, and hopefully the rest of the group can unlock the door to join the party to reunite everyone once again with the newly found star. We'll have to figure out what happens next time in the second star to the right campaign adventures. We just scraped the tip of Neverland, finally being able to explore the island. One out of five star fragments has been recovered. Not fully, as the group is not yet fully together. And this is maybe the easiest part of your adventure across the island of Neverland. Thank you everyone for watching. Session five comes to a close. And before we sign off, I think we have a few quick shout outs to throw out there to our viewers. Um, Emily, you've got something coming up, right? I do. Yes, I have something to plug. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. um, this Sunday, uh, I'm streaming on my own for the first time ever uh, on my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash office goth. Um, I'm streaming for Pride Month. I will be reading from my favorite lesbian vampire novel, um, doing some LGBT history, having a vampy little goth time, uh, and raising money for the Trevor Project, uh, which is an organization that supports uh, mental health for LGBTQ youth. Uh, so stop by if you're so inclined. Excellent. Awesome. Yes. Please be sure to check that out. Um, anyone else? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, if you folks are familiar or not familiar with Enter the Motherlands, our Kickstarter is still going. Uh, we've got go support it. Yeah, we got yes. past two hundred fifty thou. Um, but oh my more, more support's better. Uh, there was an article that dropped on Polygon, so if you want to just probably search that up on Google, there's another article that's supposed to drop, hasn't dropped yet, but it's really exciting. Um, so yeah, check those things out. And then I'm starting to stream again on my Twitch channel, uh, some Magic the Gathering. Uh, so just check out my Twitter uh, when I'm going to be doing that. But first and foremost, check out Emily's thing because that's a lot cooler. Um, but yeah, that's that's, that's me. Uh, 
And then there's something even more exciting with Magic the Gathering at some point, but I can't, I'm all NDA'd out. I can't talk about it, but you'll know when you'll know. And there it is. Wonderful. I play a trap card that says you have to. Are there trap cards in Magic? I don't, I don't know how Magic <laughs> Kind is. of, but not really. Never it's, mind. It's, I take that okay. card back. <laughs> awesome. Um, great. Unless there's anything else from the cast. I got one. Yes. Uh, yeah, one, one more plug. Uh, I host a show called Roll for Persuasion where I talk with awesome creatives and uh, entrepreneurs and entertainers in the world at large. And recently, in fact, this last week, Brianna was on my show. So if you want hey. to hear more from her and about the Initiative Order, which she is a uh, producer and GM on, and all the awesome stuff she does, you can go check it out. Just search Roll for Persuasion on your favorite podcast app or go to rollforpersuasion.com. Uh, I now I have gathered all of the infinity stones, all of the cast and crew of uh, second star have been on my show at some point. So uh, go check that out, but check out Bree's episode. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think you still have to have Ryan, our fabulous Twitch. Producer. Wow. Okay. I have Ryan on my secret Patreon only podcast. So <laughs> okay. well, I'll certainly subscribe to that. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Yes. Please check out um, everything our cast is involved in. Um, everyone's doing such great work in the community. It's so nice to see. Thank you all for supporting our show. Second Star to the Right. Our next session will be on June 25th. Find out what happens as we dig into the first dungeon of Neverland, the Iron Mines. Thank you all again once more for your support. And remember, if you ever feel lost, Look ahead to the second star on the right and follow it straight on till morning. Thanks, everyone. 